Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg from RightSource, doing some NDIS stuff, and today's video is a fun one because this is about how do we get paid. So what we're doing, uh, basically taking you guys through how we make sure that our, our business that works as a not-for-profit in the NDIS framework, how does that set itself up to be viable long-term under the NDIS, and we're sort of stepping through the processes to look at, um, give you a bit of an idea in terms of the areas you should look at and the challenges you might face. So. What we've covered to date, we've gone through client journey, we've talked a little bit about data, where that comes from, and the importance of collecting that data. What we want to go through now is, well, how, how do we invoice the client, and how do we make sure that we get paid? So, it sounds pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. We want to send an invoice out to everyone who comes to us for a service. Now, we've spoken to, uh, previously about the challenges that these changes present, being both technical and cultural. Again, invoicing clients is a, is a big cultural aspect to this because we've never done it before. This is something that we're not used to. The only invoice we would send out is to potentially the government to get the grant money. So now we need to send a lot of invoices out to a lot of different people to get paid. Can be quite confronting. And again, we talked about in the data section, uh, the data video, um, operations will tend to be the first cultural issue you need to deal with because their first reaction will be, well, this is a finance problem because we don't invoice, we deliver the service. Invoicing, that's an accounting thing. We're, we're not accounting. Accounting sit in the back office. That's, that's what they do. Now, again, you can't, you can't deal with this problem in isolation. It's, it's, a, joint, it's a joint process that needs to be worked on together between operations and finance. And in doing this again, quite often in organizations, you've already got these systems that we've spoken before. We've already got operational systems that already exist. Some of these systems are already able to do invoicing. So quite often the first point of call is to look at operations and well, is it actually more efficient if operations are doing the invoicing? Now this sounds, I know this sounds sort of weird from a, a technical point of view, say, so, well, invoicing is an accounting function. You are, it's dollars and cents, it's sending money out. Is, why would operations be doing this? Well, if you look at, if you pull out of not-for-profit for a section, second and look at normal business, most normal businesses, the operations do the invoicing. You just don't see it. It's just, it's seamless. So you go and buy a coffee. The person at the register is the one giving you the invoice. They're the one sending the invoice out to you. Sure, you might pay, you'll probably pay that show rate, but you might not. You might have it on account. It's all done by the front of house. Another example, if you get a tradie coming out to your house and doing some work, they'll, if it's quite often, give you an invoice right there and then and take payment right there and then, even though admin are back in an office somewhere. So operations doing invoicing isn't that unusual. So... It's something you shouldn't dismiss out of hand when you're looking at changing your process. Again, though, it's the cultural aspect that's a big change. The system might be already there. It might be a flick of a switch effectively to start invoicing, but operations aren't used to doing it. And it's not what they were 
and it's not why they started working in the position they're working in. So there's a, there's a big cultural aspect to this. And you, I suppose this is the sensitivity to this, and this is why this work is actually quite challenging to implement because you're not, it's not just about building a system, it's not just about implementing processes. It's actually the people aspect is the biggest aspect of all this. It's actually bringing them along on the journey. Okay, so your system that you're going to use for invoicing is your first question. What is that and where is it? Now, is it operational? Hopefully, from my perspective, because again, you're close to the data, it'll help make sure it's more accurate and it can get done more frequently and, and there's less lag in terms of getting that done. The other aspect operationally um, is if you're invoicing out of the operational system, you could quite potentially take payment in the operational system. So rather than having a lag of weeks or months to getting paid for the services you deliver, if you can get clients to pay right then and there, um, that'll help with the cash flow side of things. It'll also help in terms of the administrative side of things because it'll all be stored in that operational system. The last point of having it in the operational system is it gives those who are interacting with the clients on a daily or weekly basis an opportunity to see their payment history. If they have a problem or question with an invoice, not necessarily that operations are the ideal person to be dealing with that, but they can deal with it. If the information is there in the system, potentially they can answer the question quite quickly or make an adjustment if it's required quite quickly so that the client gets their issues dealt with quickly and it's about then the client being given a great service by your organization. One of the concerns you might have is like, well, if op the operational system is doing all the invoicing, how does that get into our accounting systems? And how does finance see it? Well, there's two aspects to that. One's a technical and one's a cultural. The technical one in terms of, okay, if there's invoice data in one system and we need to get that to an accounting system, honestly, that isn't a big step. It's a very technical one um, and really, from an accounting perspective, that's just managing data. If the data is right in the operational system, to be able to extract that data and put that into an accounting system, especially with the systems we've got now, the, inter, um, in the integration capabilities, shouldn't be a hard step, shouldn't be a big step. Even, even with a large volume, shouldn't be a hard step. What would be the cultural aspect of it, which is interesting, is that finance, to be able to do that, need to actually be a little bit involved in the operational system. So they need to be able to touch the operational system and interact with it. This also is from a payment side, is that where payments are received from the finance side, finance might actually be responsible for entering that into the operational system to show that invoices have been paid. So again, there's a cultural aspect from finance who are used to just, well, we just deal with our accounting system, we don't need to know anything operationally. Well, now they sort of, they're starting to do that. So they're needing to interact with operations. This also then feeds into, well, if you're not taking payment straight away and you need to get payment after the fact, either through an NDIS provider or the, the government itself, um, finance will quite often be needing to do that. So they'll need to appreciate the information that's coming out of the operational system and go through a process of collecting the debts. So again, not necessarily something not-for-profits have had to do before is manage a debtor's ledger or collect debts. Now, again, separating it from not-for-profit, just normal business, any business, a good debt collecting or, or debtor process 
is to one, make sure it's updated frequently. So again, this is your frequency of data. So if you can get that updated daily from the, what's been delivered to the clients, that's important, both from invoices and also what's been paid, um, so that you have a, a clear picture on daily basis of, of what's outstanding. The second one is to proactively manage those that are becoming delinquent. So where, and it depends on what time frame you do. So for a business, if you're, if your standard payment terms which again, you'd have to think about what your standard payment terms for clients. But if your standard payment terms are 14 days, if someone hasn't paid you in 21 days, giving them a phone call, following them up, having a proactive process to see if there's a problem. Because the sooner you get on top of your, as soon as you have that conversation with the client, the sooner you're likely to get paid. It might be that they don't have the money, that's a potential, it might be they've forgotten. That actually is probably more common than the fact that they don't have the money. Um, it might be that they're not happy with some details on the invoice or they've got a question and they were just wanting to answer the question before they make the payment. Well then, that allows you to, to start that process, whether you can answer it there or then, or you can at least put the wheels in motion to get that answered. So it's very important to have that debtors process happening so that you stay on top of your debt because the worst thing that could happen is that debtors start getting to one month, two months, three months, and they haven't paid and you're giving them a call then. They probably don't remember the service and frankly if I have someone who um, calls me asking for payment three or four months after I've had the service I find that a little annoying because it's like well I thought I'd paid for this already or I mean I don't intentionally not pay it's that okay I've forgotten about it and now you're reminding me well I haven't planned for that it can be a much bigger issue that far out so being proactive and being staying on top of it is important the other thing, again, another cultural aspect here is, well, what if people can't pay? What if you do have that problem with debtors now where people have had the service, they've been invoiced, and now they're saying they can't pay? What do you do? Because you've never had to deal with this before. Um, do you stop providing service? When do you stop providing service? Um, so this is, because there's a cultural aspect, this is something you actually want to decide both strategically um, and operationally because it has a number of flow-on effects so one if you're going to stop providing service because someone hasn't paid the people who will have to do that most likely are operations so you want to be able to feed the information to operations to let them know or give them a flag to when someone hasn't been paying and we're now going to stop service so they know not to stop service now let's not underestimate how massive a cultural change that is for your organization because operations people are there <laughs> they're there because they want to do good this is this is what they do to have a client who obviously still has a need come in and be a, have to have to say to them we can't provide you service because you haven't paid for your previous services that that is a whole nother world and how you do that how you message it um, I mean, you're still dealing with clients that are probably under a great deal of stress. You know, it's not just about saying no, it's about saying no but giving options, it's about still providing them support in ways that you can, but not overextending your business and providing services that you're not going to get paid for that will ultimately cause your business to fail. So this is something that as an organization, there needs to be some very deep thinking about, about how you structure that and the support you put around it. But then also about how do you communicate to the operations staff, to your finance staff, who are having to deal with the clients, 
who are under the stress and how you, as much as it seems odd, how you make the client journey for them still as pleasant as possible. So how do you help them? If it's, you know, if it's that they're struggling with how to manage their finances under NDIS, are there avenues you can to, to assist or web pages you can get them to, or other information you can provide them that doesn't compromise your service, doesn't compromise your organization, but at least allows them to become educated so that they can continue receiving the service which they need. Um, so that whole debtors process is something new and quite daunting for the organization. So that's invoicing. A lot of challenges in getting paid. Um, fundamentally something that needs to happen for you to continue. Uh, but a lot of things you need to think about and once again with all of this it's both cultural and technical. So um, if you need an organization that has worked in these areas before. It's something that RightSource and myself have done, uh, working with organizations in this space to overcome the, the cultural challenges as well as the technical. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.